welcome to episode 15 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, coming to you on a Monday afternoon. And on today's episode, we'll be discussing the Atlanta Braves finally having a breakout week of sorts and making some ground in the standings in the NL East. And we'll also be discussing the Atlanta Hawks as they make some very important moves in free agency, bringing some guys back, signing some extensions, all that kind of stuff. We'll get into that later because we're going to start off today's episode with the Braves and how they did this week and how they did was very good. They went 5-1 and one on their six games of the week. They swept the St. Louis Cardinals, and they took two out of three from the Washington Nationals. So we will get into the game action. And the the week started on Tuesday in St. Louis. St. Louis Cardinals just acquired John Lester. He was starting for them. The Braves sent Max Fried to the mound, and the Braves hopped all over Lester in the first inning. Started off with a whore hair. God bless America. Jorge Soler home run got the festivities started. His first home run as a Brave. And then Dansby Swanson singles on a sharp line drive to center field, scores Aust- or scores Freddie Freeman, sends Austin Riley to second. And then young Jock Peterson singles into left. Austin Riley scores. It's four to nothing, but they weren't done yet because Kevin Smith grounds into a double play with the bases loaded and scores another run. Five runs on John Lester in the first inning of his first ever start with the Cardinals, and that's pretty much all the Braves needed because Max Freed absolutely shoved in this one. He goes six innings pitched, zero earned runs with seven punchies for young Maximum Freed, and the Braves cruise to a 6-1 to win in Game 1. Move on to Game 2, where the Braves also take this one, and that's obvious, even though they were down 3 to nothing after the first inning because Nolan Arenado hit a three-run homer off of Drew Smiley, but the Braves would come storming back. Guillermo Heredia doubles, gets a run on the board. Jorge Soler hits another homer, back-to-back games, for young Jorge, and then Adam Duvall, also homers, to make it 4-3. to three. But the Cardinals weren't done. They would come back and tie the game at 4 on a sack fly from Paul Goldschmidt. Then Steven Vogt hits a sack fly to make it 5-4. to four. And then Jock Peterson with a two-run double makes it 7-4. to four. Cardinals outfielders running into each other, tripping all over each other. Looks like they've never played baseball before. And that puts the Braves up 7-4, and they will go on to win 7-4. They will move on to Game 3, looking for the sweep, and that's exactly what the Braves do. Freddie Freeman gets it started in the third inning with an RBI single. The Cardinals would respond with a home run, but and, and Nolan Arenado would also single to make it 2-1 Cardinals, but Jock Peterson homers to make it 2-2. Two two. Cardinals would go up 4-2 after... A pass ball and Paul Goldschmidt hitting another RBI single, but then Austin Riley ties the game with a two-run homer. It's four to four, and then the Cardinals' bullpen absolutely falls apart. They walk in Dansby, then they walk in Adam Duvall, then they walk in Jock Peterson, then they walk in Adrianza. That is four 
RBI walks in a row for the Braves with the bases loaded, and that puts them up 8-4, to four, and that is the score they will win by, and they take the sweep in St. Louis, and that win put them over 500 for the first time all year. So, move on to Friday. Back home against the Washington Nationals, who just traded absolutely everybody on their team. Also, Juan Soto was hurt, so the absolute awful Nationals lineup coming to Atlanta, and the Braves took advantage of it in this one. Adam Duvall gets the game started with a two-run single to make it two to nothing. Uh, Nationals get a run on a wild pitch, and they come back to tie the game and take the lead in the fifth inning, but the Braves came rumbling back. Austin Riley drives in Solaire to tie the game. Dansby singles to put the Braves up. Duvall doubles to put them up 5-3, and then Freddie Freeman singles to put them up 7-3. Austin Riley also came and hit a sack fly. Braves lead 8-3. The Nats get one more, but it doesn't matter because the Braves win 8-4 and have won four games in a row at this point. Uh, we head into Saturday as they look to take the series in the first two games against the Nationals, and they get off to a good start. Jorge Soler homers again. That's obvious. It's one nothing. Ozzy Albies has a single, make it two to nothing. But the Nationals do fight back in the ninth inning of all innings as the Braves carried that lead throughout the entire game, two to nothing. And we add the bottom of the ninth. Will Smith comes in. He gives up an RBI single or an RBI ground on rather, to Luis Garcia. And then he absolutely falls apart against Riley Adams, gives up a two-run homer to the newly acquired prospect for the Nationals. His first homer of his career puts the Nationals up 3-2, to two, and that is the score the Braves would eventually lose by. An absolute gut punch of a loss on Saturday night as Will Smith surrendered the lead on a guy's first career home run for the second time this year in the ninth inning. Um, he did it earlier in the year against the Phillies on a walk-off home run to Luke Williams, and he has done it again on Saturday to Riley Adams of the Nationals. So we will head to Sunday, the rubber match between the Braves and the Nationals, and the Nationals get on the board first. Alcides Escobar, who is still playing baseball, has an RBI single in the top of the third against Max Fried, make it one to nothing, but Ozzie Albies, the little monster, hits a two-run homer to make it two to one, and the Braves weren't done yet. Austin Riley has an RBI double, and it's three to one, and then Adam Duvall with a two-run homer to make it five to one. Nats will get a couple of runs in the ninth inning, but it was not enough. The Braves win five to four, take the series, and take the week as they go five and one on their six games. So after all of that unfolded, uh, this puts the Braves at second place in the division behind the Phillies, who are now in first. Uh, they're all by themselves in second. The Mets are in third. Uh, the Braves are currently 57 and 55. They're two games out of first. The Phillies were 59 and 53. And they're a half game up on the Mets, who are 56 and 55. Because the Phillies have won eight straight in a row, and the Mets have lost four straight. And um, this is kind of collide into each other because the Phillies swept the Mets over the weekend. Uh, the, the Mets are just completely falling apart. Um, at the moment so you like to see the Mets falling apart but you don't want to see the Phillies get this hot uh, they've won eight straight that's the best in baseball um, currently the best winning streak in baseball but the good news is on the Phillies front is that they have a pretty tough week ahead 
they play the Dodgers starting Tuesday, and then this weekend they play the Reds, who the Braves also played this week. But uh, they get to play the Nationals again this weekend and not the Dodgers. So kind of a tough schedule for the Phils coming up. So hopefully they'll get knocked around a little bit. Hopefully the Braves can get some big wins against Cincinnati, then head into Washington and uh, just trying to dominate them again because they're not very good right now. So, uh, yeah, and uh, go ahead and get a little look at the schedule ahead. Like I said, uh, the Braves play the Reds for three games at home starting Tuesday. And then they have a very favorable road trip, I would say. Um, starting for, it's Friday the 13th. Whoa, Friday the 13th. I didn't know that was coming up. Through Sunday the 22nd. So pretty long road trip, but they play the Nationals for three, the Marlins for three, and the Orioles for three. And all three of those teams are not very good. So very imperative that the Braves really dominate that stretch. Um it's nine games. The Braves need to go seven and two, six and three at the very least in those games because none of those teams have sold at the deadline. They've traded away their their big pieces and they are just not good at all right now. So yeah, you gotta you gotta um, make up some ground right there and do good because after that the schedule gets pretty tough. You gotta play the Yankees and you gotta play the Giants and you gotta play the Dodgers three series in a row. So but then after that it does cool off again. Um, I'm not going to go too far ahead, but yeah, after they play the Dodgers and the uh, Giants and the Yankees, they could play the Rockies, the Nationals, the Marlins, and then the Rockies again, which some more terrible teams. So the Braves are kind of just have these um, stretches of games against really good teams or really bad teams. So you just got to go 500 against the good teams, and you just got to dominate the bad teams. And um, hopefully that's what the Braves will continue to do. And um, But you got to have a good series against Cincinnati. They're a good team. Um, they're very solid. So... I think you gotta you gotta try to take two or three here. That'd be huge, and because uh, they're they're a pretty hot team right now. I believe they've won uh, five in a row. Yeah, they've won five in a row, right now. So hot Cincinnati team coming into Atlanta on Tuesday. So hopefully the Braves can handle that. Um, that's about it for the game action. Um, one thing I want to note that's injury related uh, is that Travis Darno is expected to come back this week, probably Tuesday, uh, for the opener against the Reds. Um, he's been out since late April after he tore a ligament in his thumb against the Blue Jays. So having him back will be a huge plus because the Braves have been absolutely abysmal at the catcher position, um, especially Kevin Smith. Um, yeah, he has been quite horrendous. So uh, Darno coming back will be a huge lift and will fill a, uh, a huge void that the Braves have in their lineup right now where they've got nothing out of their catcher at the plate. And I know that you don't really need much from your catchers these days um, at the plate, but you can't be as bad as the Braves are. They are statistically the worst team in the league um, at the catcher position as far as war goes, OPS, all those kind of things. Um, they are, they've been really, really bad at catcher this year. So that'll do it for the Braves. And I will move on to the Atlanta Hawks, who had a very busy week in free agency. Um, the main headline coming out of this week was that John Collins is back. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, but he doesn't even go off and sign an offer sheet with another team. It didn't force the Hawks' hand because him and the Hawks were able to come to an agreement on a five-year, $125 million deal with a uh, player option for the fifth year for Collins. So a pretty big get for him in that contract, uh, being able to 
have his uh, option to go to free agency a year early or if he wants to stay for the fifth year and uh, collect that money. Um, probably that was the biggest question for the Hawks this free agency was um, are they going to bring back John Collins? And I've thought for the longest that they would and that they kind of needed to because they just didn't really have um, another option internally or there's there wasn't another player on the market that uh, could really replace John and what he does for the team. And um, he just seems – he is just such a great fit with the team. Um, him and Trey have built such great chemistry, um, especially on the pick and roll, uh, probably the – one of the best pick and roll duos in the entire league, if not the best, because John Collins is probably the best role player in the league. And along with Trey, who is arguably the best passer in the league, that is uh, quite the combination that the Hawks have. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a deal that I was expecting to get done. Um, I didn't know if Collins was going to go uh, test the market, maybe sign an offer sheet somewhere else to, somewhere else to force the Hawks' hand. But um, they were able to get a deal done relatively early in free agency, too. Uh, so it wasn't a, a long, dragged-out process. Um, you know, Collins made it pretty clear that he wanted to stay in Atlanta despite uh, declining the extension he got offered last year. But um, he bet on himself, and he, he won because he was making significantly more money than he would have made if he would have signed that extension last year. So good for John. I'm happy with the contract. I think it's a good contract. I think it's um, appropriate value, appropriate, uh, pr- appropriate payment for Collins. Um, he is very good. And um, he's still very young. He's uh, 23 years old still. So keep that in the back of your head that this dude is really good and he's only 23 still. So there's still definitely room for improvement, especially um, on his ball handling, creating his own shot on the perimeter, things like that. Because for a big, Collins is a fantastic shooter for his size. And the Hawks can really deploy some small ball lineups with Collins at center. And having a center that can shoot like Collins when you're playing those lineups it's just absolutely, uh, it's a fantastic thing to have because when he's playing center, he is probably one of the best uh, three-point shooting centers in the entire league. And he can do that because he's got the size. So it's really not super small ball playing Collins at the five. Um, the Hawks have done in the past. And if he can start creating his own shot on the perimeter, more like that, and um, just kind of make his make his own thing happen instead of relying on a pass from Trey or um, anybody else, that would be a huge step in his game. And if he can make that step, it could really help the Hawks make a leap to where they want to be. So really excited about John and the contract and his progression um, coming up in these next four or five years for the Hawks. So good deal. Glad they got that done. Um, but before they did do that, they did extend Trey Young, which was uh, expected to happen. Um, he was um, extension eligible, eligible this offseason, just like how Collins was last offseason. Um, but they were able to get an extension done with Trey, as expected. He did get the max. It's five years, $207 million. Um, a very nice payday for Trey Young. Uh, this extension will not kick in until next season, uh, since he is still under his rookie deal for uh, the 2022 season. So he, um, he will still be under contract this year on his rookie deal, and then his extension will kick in next year where he's going to be making 30 some million dollars. Can't do the math off the top of my head, but he'll be making a significant amount of money. Um, not really a lot to discuss with this because it was just uh, expected to happen. If it didn't happen, there would have been more to talk about uh, for sure, but um, it happened. Everyone knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, I actually got announced before the extension uh threshold even started for the teams could officially offer these guys extensions it got got reported before then 
because there's a foregone conclusion, uh, just a no-brainer that the Hawks would extend Trey um, and give him some financial security and just lock him up long-term along with Collins. So kind of a no-brainer for the Hawks. I'm happy they did it. Not much to talk about, just uh, yeah, just an easy decision for the Hawks. So we'll move on from there to another free agent signing. Uh, this one was not uh, as clear-cut as the Trey extension or them bringing back Collins like I thought they would. I didn't know if this guy was going to come back or not, but he is back. It is Sweet Lou on a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, Lou Williams will be back next year. There were some questions of whether he would retire, whether he would look elsewhere for a uh, more longer for a longer deal for two or three years because it was reported that he was seeking a two or three year deal, which honestly just didn't make too much sense with um, the rumors of him maybe retiring after this year. He seems like he is towards the end of the road, so a one year deal would make the most sense. And um, I, th- I really don't think he wanted to go anywhere else except Atlanta. I think if Atlanta just said, oh, no, we're not interested, Lou, uh, thanks for your service, he would probably retire because Atlanta is his hometown. So I really don't think he would have gone anywhere else to continue playing. I think it was Atlanta or bust for Lou. But I'm happy to have him back. Um, just another backup point guard option that the Hawks have, along with Dellen Wright, who they just traded for with the Kings, and uh, possibly Sharif Cooper, if he could uh, pop this season and could potentially play a pretty big role in the point guard rotation for the Hawks. So, yeah, you know what you're going to get from Lou. There's not much to say about it. Um, he's he's going to give you some some pop off the bench. Definitely a guy, kind of like a microwave guy that can just heat up really quick and uh, get some buckets for you off the bench when you really need it. We saw that all year since he got traded over from the Clippers. Saw in the regular season, and we saw it in the playoffs too, especially in the 76ers series when he would come off the bench and get hot and get hot. And we also saw it in the Bucks series when he actually got a uh, start and the one uh, famous the famous uh, game that Lou had and the Hawks just beat down the Bucks without Trey Young. So, yeah, we'll always have that with Lou, and hopefully we'll have some uh, – more games, more playoff games to look back on very fondly of him this upcoming season because I do expect the Hawks to be back in the situation that they were last year. So that's about it for this episode. Um, If you made it this far listening, I appreciate it. Um, I will be back next. Oh, actually, I will not be back next week is what I meant to say because I'll be out of town. So there'll be no episode next Monday, but the Monday after I will be back recapping the uh, past two weeks that the uh, Braves had and moves the Hawks made and probably some preview for the Falcon season coming up in two weeks on the next episode. So like I said, if you made it this far listening, I really appreciate it and I will see you in the next one.